Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. It's time now to turn our attention to headlines out of the United States in our Washington report. So we're going to be talking about the exchange of a notorious Russian arms dealer for an American basketball star to the fate of the Biden administration's sweeping student loan forgiveness plan. Let's get some analysis on the line from Stephen Oliver, Assistant Professor of Social Sciences, Political Science at Yale NUS College. Good morning, Professor. Morning, Elliot. Thanks a lot for helping us out with this. I suppose let's start off with the news that came out last week, the move to exchange a notorious Russian arms dealer, Victor Bout, for basketball's Brittany Griner. What are your thoughts on this move? I suppose the layman will look at it and go, wait a minute, is that an even exchange? Um, well, I mean, you know, it's, it's, a lot of it's based on perception, I suppose. But, um, you know, it's we're starting off with... Um, first of all, it, it's great that Brittany Griner gets to be back home with her family for the holidays and uh, is no longer in captivity. I mean, so the U.S. government, like most governments, of course, seeks to secure the release of citizens who are detained or imprisoned abroad, uh, but who it regards as wrongfully imprisoned, and this was a case as such. Um, uh, the Russian government, uh, to its own end, right, also has long regarded uh, Victor Bout, despite being called the merchant of death, as uh, being uh, wrongfully imprisoned, so that his extradition from Thailand to the United States in 2010 and his captivity in the U.S. for the last 10 years has also been judged to be uh, illegal, right? Uh, And so in in some sense, uh, you can sort of see at least both governments on paper consider the two situations to be um, somewhat equivalent. Okay. What about... The case regarding the former U.S. Marine Paul Whelan. What happens there, though? Ah, well, I mean, so according to the U.S. State Department, there was no deal for the release of um, Paul Whelan, largely because, not, not, not for lack of trying, rather, because Russian negotiators were reluctant to consider any U.S. offer for the release of Whelan along with Griner. The reason for this was that Greiner was convicted on charges related to drug possession, whereas Whelan was convicted on much more serious charges related to espionage, and therefore Russian authorities weren't willing to go and consider uh, his releases as part of this deal. Okay, okay. Let's talk about the fate of the Biden administration's sweeping student loan forgiveness plan. That now rests with the Supreme Court. This discussion has been going on for a while. What are experts' view, you know, with regard to the likelihood that the Supreme Court will rule Biden's student loan plan illegal? It, could this potentially happen? Well, I mean, it's a little bit difficult to say with certainty how the Supreme Court's going to rule. Okay. Um, as, of course, oral arguments aren't even going to be heard on this before the court until February 2023. However, right, I think that, right, expert opinions are pointing in the direction that the court is likely to uh, deal at the very best a substantial setback to the program, and at worst may, in fact, entirely rule it out, as some of the rulings that it's made on similar sort of efforts by the executive branch to advance its policy agenda, albeit on perhaps somewhat tenuous grounds with respect to existing legislation, have, you know, in the last session led to, um, well, uh, the best example here would be uh, the Obama administration's clean power plan being sort of set back as being not authorized or fully authorized under existing legislation. Okay. 
All right. Is there an analysis or, or, or do you have an opinion as to if we were to relook at this entire thing, right? What went wrong, you know, in the lead up to this? Well, I mean, you know, so naturally uh, a large sort of uh, a very, well, what's regarded as expensive plan for debt forgiveness okay. is going to go and is going to provoke political uh, sort of pushback from the right. Um, no doubt uh, it's done exactly that. However, right, the deeper issue, if you want to think about the case on its merit, right, is the fact that indeed, right, um, the loan forgiveness plan does sort of push towards the ed- edge of what is specified within existing legislation that the executive branch can actually do in this regard. And so it, it rightly should face challenge within the courts. Now, how the courts decide, well, that's up to them and how they judge the merits of the case. Okay. Professor, yet another week and yet another Donald Trump headline. The former president has called for the termination of the U.S. Constitution while repeating his false claim that he won uh, the 2020 presidential election. Good gosh. Is he just digging a deeper hole for himself right now? <laughs> um, it, it would seem to be the case. I mean, you know, why, why does he persist with election denialism? That is indeed the $64,000 question. Um to maybe just offer two quick explanations. I mean, the simplest one is, is psychological, um, uh, that Donald Trump imagines himself and has always presented himself to be a winner, and he can't accept outcomes that clash with that self-image. And so he persists, uh, especially anything uh, that, that happens that suggests that he might not be a winner um, when those things happen. The second is a little bit more strategic. Um, well, look. Trump, after the midterms, is somewhat weakened in terms of his position within the Republican Party, Mm. and the poor performance of the Republicans during the midterm elections opens him to challenges. Um, And so his ability to send those off is ultimately dependent upon his perceived strength, or rather the perceived strength of his bond with the base of Republican voters. Election denialism has arguably become part of that bond, right? The false claim that the 2020 election was stolen from Trump, well, it's not just about it that it was stolen from Trump, but it's that it was stolen, at least in the perception of much of that base, from them as well. Right? And so by repeating the lie, it scares off moderates and some voters, hurts the party in general elections, but it also mobilizes the party's base and gives Trump leverage, uh, at least enough to go and potentially fend off uh, a challenge within the party itself. Mm-hmm. I guess this is a little bit of an opinionated question. He was blamed for the Republicans, I beg your pardon, did blame him for the results of the midterm elections. What do you do with his 2024 campaign now when you look at the clout that he is losing in that sense? Um, well, I, you know, this, this is where we get a potentially a little bit beyond uh, strategic thinking here sure. to a little bit more inclusive behavior. Yeah, sure. But his 2024 campaign does not seem to be going well. It is not off to a good start. Um, he is beset by various investigations um, and right questions about whether or not um, he, he can he can win a presidential election in 2024 mm. as he ultimately lost the popular vote yeah. uh, despite winning the Electoral College in 2016, but again in 2020. Um, now, uh, this is not going to though, deter Donald Trump from attempting to maintain control and leadership within the party, uh, and it may be ultimately to the party's detriment. Um, 
we shall see. Yeah, uh, okay, that's a good way to put it. We shall see indeed. Professor, let's talk about the U.S. set to send a delegation to China in the coming days. And all this as part of a follow-up to uh, President Joe Biden's meeting with the Chinese President Xi Jinping at the G20 meeting. This was in Indonesia, of course. What can we expect from this follow-up? Um, I, so the follow-up itself, it's, it's not entirely clear what the agenda is. In sure. some sense, uh, this meeting is uh, also meant to be laying from the groundwork for Anthony Blinken's visit, uh, mm-hmm. which will be happening in early 2023. However, in the statements that have been issued on this, right, um, you know, th- there does seem to be a, a renewed, uh, at least, willingness to, to countenance Right, efforts towards increased cooperation and to reduce some of the tensions that have recently flared as a result of uh, events such as uh, U.S. Nancy uh, House Speaker, or former uh, U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's recent visit to Taiwan, yeah. U.S. passage of legislation restricting technology exports to China, as well as tensions surrounding, say, China's position vis-à-vis Russia and yeah, the ongoing war in Ukraine. Professor, just a final question, and this is with regard to U.S. President Joe Biden said to announce the U.S.'s support for the African Union's admission to the G20 group of the world's largest economies as a permanent member. Uh, I believe he will also be hosting a second U.S.-Africa summit this week. What should we read into this? I mean, what does the U.S. stand to gain from supporting the African Union's admission to G20? Well, I mean, the U.S. Uh, would seem to be set to gain, I mean, insofar as uh, you know, the gesture is received in the way which which the United States would hope, uh, potentially greater cooperation from African states with regard to a, a number of global issues, right, including currently um, the war in war in Ukraine, as well as issues such as climate change. But the, there's a range of others, and so by supporting EU or AU admission. Right, um, and recognizing the rights of African states to have a seat at the table at, at a prestigious global forum like the G20, the U.S. will also be able to sort of make a gain by addressing long-standing criticism regarding its relative neglect of Africa, as well as the global South more broadly in international affairs. I've been speaking with Stephen Oliver, Assistant Professor of Social Sciences, Political Science for Yale NUS College. Professor, I do appreciate your time this morning. Take care and have a great week ahead, yeah? To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.